0: button because you'll love it here at Young and Profiting Podcast.
1: Holla! so fun to have you back.
0: So happy to be here, Donald. I'm super excited for this conversation.
1: The reason I wanted to have you back is because everybody, everybody listening to this needs to have a social media presence, wants to have a podcast, wants to figure out LinkedIn and has done nothing about it (laughs) (laughs) because it's hard. It's hard to figure out. And you at Young and Profiting, you actually take leaders like me, like the leaders listening to the show. You help them get a social media presence. You help them grow that presence. You help them start podcasts. You help them get on LinkedIn and and use these uh, marketing, you know, methodologies, if you will, to grow their business. And so I thought we we'd talk to you about best practices. Let me ask you first: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Which is most important? Where should everybody start?
0: I think it depends on who you're trying to target. But I think that LinkedIn has some great organic reach still. And there's lots of ways to go viral, grow your audience in an organic way. So I'd say LinkedIn is a great place if you're trying to reach professionals. If you're doing something that is of educational value, that's where you want to play. If you're more visual and you have a brand that might target a, a... younger audience, maybe Instagram is for you. But LinkedIn has some great organic reach that a lot of people have not tapped.
1: So if you're business to business, LinkedIn, right? I mean, if you're business to business, that's where you need to start.
0: Well, also business to consumers on LinkedIn, LinkedIn has a great business to consumer side as well. So it's not just B2B anymore.
1: What sort of businesses succeed on LinkedIn? What have you seen?
0: I think that uh, coaches do really well on LinkedIn. Um, Anybody who does business consulting does amazing on LinkedIn. Authors do really well on LinkedIn.
1: But the the thing is, and I know that probably 90% of my audience feels this way. I'm tapped out, right? You know, here's the honest truth, Holla, and this is a confession to everybody listening. I'm afraid it's going to enter me into relational commitments that I don't have the bandwidth to carry through. So it's not, a, it's not a fear of technology. It's not a, you know, it's none of that. What it is is, you know, Don, can you send me a copy of your book? Or my uncle read your book. He's a big fan. Would you mind recording a voicemail for his birthday? It's that sort of stuff that I just go, I don't have the, the relational bandwidth to actually respond well. So I'm just not going to get started. What do you say to somebody like me?
0: Well, for example, what we do at my company is that we generate direct message scripts. And so I actually have a a document that has commonly asked questions in your DMs that we update consistently. So if somebody is always asking for a link to your podcast or a link to your, how do I buy your book? How do I approach you for services? You can actually get your team to respond on your behalf if you have a canned list of frequently asked questions that we can respond on your behalf. And then you can have a tracker on the side that notifies you when there's a message that you actually need to respond to that's high priority. So I would say there's ways to automate and have a process around that so that the direct messages that you get isn't preventing you from growing your brand and growing your business uh, because there are ways to streamline that.
1: So you can actually job a lot of this stuff out. And then the important leads that you get on LinkedIn could be channeled over to your email and you might get on the phone with that person or or whatever. That's what you're saying.
0: Exactly. So basically creating a DM script that a VA can follow and then, you know, either we we send them an email to contact or a number to call or, you know, a team like mine can notify you that you have messages to respond to.
1: Yeah, in full disclosure, you do this for people. You 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 act as that VA if you will and you can handle their LinkedIn account plus Facebook, Twitter and all that stuff, right?
0: Yes, all Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. But like I said, LinkedIn is where it's at in terms of organic reach. Twitter and Facebook, we kind of, it's just autopilot. There's not many eyeballs that you can really grab from there without paid advertising behind it. So really LinkedIn, Instagram is where we where we focus most in terms of original content.
1: What What do you mean by organic? I've heard you say organic a few times. And, and what does that mean in, in the context of what you're talking about?
0: So basically growing your following with content. And through strategies like comment engagement, it's basically anything not paid. So so without paying the platform to promote your posts, LinkedIn doesn't even have that for personal pages in full transparency. You can only do that for company pages. So LinkedIn is only organic on personal pages. You can't even do paid. So anybody who has a following on LinkedIn grew it themselves. Whereas Instagram, you could do paid promoted posts and and grow that way. But it's actually very slow and inefficient. And there's other ways to grow on Instagram. working from home in the sun. We got a super cute bungalow in Venice Beach with a fenced backyard. The change in scenery, the fresh air, and the slower pace to help me to inspire some really cool new ideas for my business. And honestly, I'm feeling really refreshed and ready to rock in 2024. And who helped me make these remote work dreams come true? It was Airbnb. And Airbnb has come in clutch for me time and time again whether it's finding the perfect Airbnb home for our three-day annual executive team get-together or booking a vacation where my extended family can fit all in one place, Airbnb always makes it a great experience. And you know me, I'm always thinking of my latest business venture and I've been begging my boyfriend to start hosting our place on Airbnb. And finally, we're gonna start. So many of my successful friends host on Airbnb and it's such an amazing way to generate passive income. So to start, we have a plan to start spending more time in Miami and we'll be hosting our place to earn some extra money when we're back on the East Coast. 2024 goals and I'll keep you updated. A lot of people don't realize that they might have an Airbnb right under their own noses. I was pretty surprised myself. You can Airbnb your place or spare room even if you're out of town for just a few days or weeks. You could do what I did and work remotely somewhere else and Airbnb your place to fund your trip. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That's airbnb.com slash host to find out how much your home is worth. Yeah, fam, I wanna talk about focus. When I started my LinkedIn Secrets Masterclass, I needed to focus on creating the best course possible. I didn't have time to worry about how to set up my website and collect payments, and that's why I set up my store on Shopify. Launching App Academy through Shopify was one of the best decisions I've ever made. We made nearly $500,000 so far. And since I sell a course, that's pretty much pure profit. Are you ready to be young and profiting too? Then launch your business with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, whether you're a side hustler, new entrepreneur, or rocking a multi-million dollar business. And it doesn't matter if you're selling scented soap or a marketing masterclass like me, Shopify helps you sell anything, anywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. And when it comes to e-commerce, Shopify turns online window shoppers into actual buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. We're talking 36% better on average compared to other platforms with features like abandoned cart campaigns, discount promo codes, and so much more. Fun fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., including huge brands like Thrive Cosmetics and Allbirds. No matter your stage, no matter if it's online or in person, Shopify is always the right commerce platform for you. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting. And that's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash profiting now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash profiting.
1: What sort of stuff do you put on LinkedIn? Cause used to, it was just your resume, but now you can write articles. You can post videos. What, what, what sort of stuff can you put on LinkedIn and what works?
0: Yeah. So that's a great question. LinkedIn is all about standing out. So a lot of people do LinkedIn wrong. They're sharing articles, which is a big no-no because you never want to point to a third party platform because LinkedIn wants everybody to stay on LinkedIn. So once you share an article to like Business Insider or Forbes, you're telling LinkedIn, I want to bring people off your platform and they're going to deprioritize that post. Ah, So you never want to share to a third-party platform and you want to keep it on LinkedIn. So what works really well is big pictures of people and faces, portrait size pictures. Um, The bigger, the better. The brighter, the better. The more engaged face, the better. Because people engage with other people. And a lot of people on LinkedIn are only posting text or sharing business stories. And there's a lot of active users on LinkedIn who are looking to build a community and have a conversation. But I mean,
1: you're describing Instagram. What's the difference? Uh, it,
0: I mean, it's it, there are differences in terms of the types of copy that you write. Yeah. So LinkedIn is more value driven. So I have a formula called HIC. So it's hook, insight, call to action.
1: Give me an example of a hook.
0: Sure. So a hook is like, do you want to know a juicy secret? (laughs) Or, you know, I had the worst day yesterday. Something that's going to make them curious. The other thing that I like to do in a hook is tell the moral of the story. I I actually like to put the moral of the story in the hook. So like, I'm thankful for everybody who has told me no. And people Uh, are like, what? You know what I mean? And then at the end, you could be like, you know, thank God everybody told me no. You know, don't let rejection stop you from living out your dreams or, you know what I mean? Like tie it all back together at the end. So then you go into an insight. And if you can build a story in that at the same time, you're really going to win. So if you can have a, a hook and insight, but in that give a story, that ends on a high note, that teaches somebody a lesson. And the key with LinkedIn is that you actually want meaningful content. So it can't be content where you read it and you're like, well, what did I even learn from this? Like this was a waste of my time. It needs to either make people feel motivated or they need to actually learn something from that post that's a unique insight that is not often thrown around, that they learn something new, like a new phrase or a new concept. And really give value. So on LinkedIn, people read and and they want the value. Speaking of people reading, chunky paragraphs don't work. So even though people want to learn something, it has to just be line by line.
1: You know why? Because the, the human brain doesn't want to burn very many calories to get what it wants. So it wants something that helps it survive and thrive. And when it sees big paragraphs, it says, I'm going to have to think too hard. And it starts weighing an algorithm on whether this is worth it before it even reads the document. So it's literally just a visual cue to say this is going to be easy to read and then you'll, you'll find that people get a better, better shot. We, we talk about that in our copywriting.
0: Yeah, and I think copywriting is one of the best skills that you can have. And yeah, period. all you want to do is just figure out how can I make this shorter? How can I get the point across without saying too many words? You never want to put in fluff words that don't mean anything. Just what's going to drive the story home and anything out, anything else you want to cut out. It's called broetry. <laughs> That's what it's called, <laughs> this line-by-line style. I've
1: never heard of that. That's perfect.
0: Yes, uh, it was coined like 2 years ago by Josh Fector who is like the first guy who who really went viral on LinkedIn and started posting content and he calls it broetry because it's just this like casual line-by-line uh, frat boy style of writing apparently. And the other thing to remember is the call to action at the end what are you doing to actually drive comments because that's what's going to make your post go viral the shares and the comments and and the likes so all that engagement together if you don't have comments you're never going to go viral so you might want to say like tag two friends if you agree or you know drop a right. thumbs up emoji if, if 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 you know you agree with this post or let me know what you think about xyz
1: i love it so those are great tips on linkedin you every time i talk to you you motivate me to go figure out linkedin okay podcasts Everybody is starting a podcast. I just had lunch with a friend the other day. He wants to start a podcast. He actually has a great idea for a podcast. I hope he does it. My whole thing with podcasts, because we've been doing this going on four years, it's a lot harder than it seems like it's going to be. I mean, you know, if you don't have the right microphone, you could look like an amateur. And God forbid if you're not a good communicator. And then not only, you know, do you have to be a good communicator if you really want to work, you have to have a good editor. Then you need interesting guests. You don't need famous guests, but you need interesting guests. If you're going to do guests, you need to decide your format. Are you going to go 15 minutes? You're going to go three and a half hours like Joe Rogan, right? And everybody was like, well, Joe Rogan does this. Well, Joe Rogan is Joe Rogan. One, he's very interesting. He's infinitely curious. And then he's got A-list celebrities on his show. So you're not Joe Rogan.
0: And he also started 15 years ago, which is a big (laughs) difference.
1: started a long time ago. You know, you're having lunch with a friend, huh? And they say, look, I want to start a podcast. How, be honest with me. What percentage, because you've been you've been told that probably 30,000 times, what percentage do you go, oh, p-, in your head, you don't say it out loud, oh, please don't. <laughs> How many people are you just like, you're not the person? Is there a group of people that you're just like, you shouldn't do this?
0: I would say like 80% of the time. 80%? I, I,
1: I, I, you're being honest. 80%. Now, everybody who's listening to this who's had lunches with you thinks they're in the 20%. So that's the good news. <laughs> But what is it about them that you just go, you shouldn't do it? What are, what are you seeing or hearing in them that they they make the 80% who shouldn't have a podcast?
0: Because they don't understand that, first of all, you're not going to make money overnight. You need to realize that it's going to take a year or two or a lot of investment if you actually want to build your downloads substantially and be able to get, you know, advertising and sponsorships. Or you need to have a converting offer for your podcast. If you want to make money, if you want to sell your own courses or you have your own business, some people who want to start podcasts who have no business idea around it, I think is set up for failure. Because if you don't have money to invest in your podcast, in terms of the promotion, the media buying, uh, just the quality of the podcast, you're, there's too much competition.
1: Yeah. And it's getting more every day, every day. There, I bet you there are a thousand podcasts launch every day.
0: Yes. And, and, and most people don't get past their seventh episode. Wow. It's called pod (laughs) fade. It's a (laughs) real thing.
1: (laughs) I love all these new terms. Okay, so what are you seeing or hearing if they're in the 20%? If you're going, no, you actually should really do this.
0: Well, if they are willing to invest in their podcast, if they have a great network of connections, like if, if they already have amazing clients, for example, that they can pull in for their podcast or big names in their network, if they already have a brand on social media and an active audience, that's a great sign. And, and that's an easy way to, to drive people to your podcast. What's bad is when people have no audience, no business concept to drive ROI, because podcasting does take investment if you want to do it right. There's very few people who can just turn it on and get an active audience. But there are people who have no social media following who do end up doing really well. I know this guy, his name is Robert Leonard. He has this show called Millennial Investing. And It's a great name. You know, I I think a lot of people are Googling like millennial investing and there was a niche in that market. He started it three years ago or so when before it really started booming and he has no social media following till this day and gets as many downloads as I do on my podcast and does a great job. And it's because he's got a great name.
1: And he's got a great topic and there's a demand for it. And yeah, uh, he, he figured some things out there.
0: Hold tight, everyone. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. Yeah, fam, I did a big thing recently. I rolled out benefits to my U.S. employees. They now get healthcare and 401ks. And maybe this doesn't sound like a big deal to you, but it was surely a big deal to me because benefits were like the boogeyman to me. I thought for sure we couldn't afford it. I thought that it was gonna be so complicated, so hard to set up. Lots of risk involved. And in fact, so many of my star employees have left in the past citing benefits as the only reason why. And here I was thinking that we couldn't afford benefits when it's literally not that expensive at all. And you actually split the cost between the employee and the employer. I had no idea. I found out on JustWorks. JustWorks has been a total lifesaver for me. We were using Two other platforms for payroll, one for domestic in U.S., one for international. We had our HR guidelines and things like that, employee handbook on another site, and everything was just everywhere. Now everything's consolidated with JustWorks, a tried and tested employee management platform. You get automated payments, tax calculations, and withholdings with expert support anytime you need it. And on top of that, there's no hidden fees. You can leave all the boring stuff to just works and just get to business. And with automatic time tracking, it has made managing my international hires a little bit more soothing for my soul that I know that they're actually working and they're tracking their time. I mean, it's really hard to manage remote employees. It's easy to get started right away. All you need is 30 minutes. You don't even have to be in front of your computer. You can just get started right on your phone. Take advantage of this limited time offer. Start your free month now at justworks.com slash profiting. Let JustWorks run your payroll so you don't have to. Start your free month now at justworks.com slash profiting. Young and profiters, my company Yap Media is growing fast. We're onboarding client after client. We're landing a ton of huge deals and my team just can't keep up. I knew we needed to hire new employees to support my team, but I didn't want to waste my time sifting through candidates who aren't good fits for my company. That's why I use Indeed, the ultimate hiring platform. Indeed makes it easy for me to find great talent fast. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality candidates compared to other job sites. And I don't have to spend hours looking for these great candidates. Indeed's matching engine sends me a list of quality candidates who meet my job requirements the moment I post a job. I can also message candidates, screen their profiles and resumes, send them skills assessments, and schedule interviews with them all from Indeed. It's really an all-in-one platform. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to give your jobs more visibility at indeed.com profiting. Just go to indeed.com profiting right now to support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com profiting. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Young and profiters, AI is changing how we do business. At Yap Media, we use AI to do things like create AI voice models of my voice in case I get sick. And we also use it for basic things like transcribing captions and our meetings. This AI and algorithm-infused world is awesome, but it does dramatically increase all the choices and decisions we have to make in business on a daily basis. Everything is just so much more complex than it used to be. We have to be sure to analyze our data to make the right decisions while also avoiding assumptions and cognitive bias. Ultimately, we all could use some better critical thinking skills moving into the future. And we can look no further than to economist education. They just rolled out a new critical thinking course, but it's different from other programs out there on the topic because they focus on today's AI environment and they use real case studies that help you challenge your narrow views and avoid groupthink. Economist Education has two to six week online programs covering everything from international relations to writing and sustainability. And they're made specifically for executives and entrepreneurs. Their programs feature experts and senior editors from The Economist. Actually, one of my favorite authors, Daniel Kahneman, who wrote Thinking Fast and Slow, is one of the guest speakers in the critical thinking course that I just took. When you sign up for one of their programs, you also get a three month digital subscription to The Economist to support your learning. Economist Education is a great way to stay ahead in your career. And I've got a special offer to get you started. Get 15% off any course from Economist Education only available by going to my exclusive URL, education.economist.com slash profiting. That's education.economist.com slash profiting. And enter my code profiting at registration. This offer ends March 31st. So don't wait. For 15% off, go now to education.economist.com slash profiting. And use code profiting at checkout.
1: Okay, when you keep using the term investing, that you have to invest in this, you know, I I, I think you mean more than just economic investment. But I do want to dial in on on where you would invest money to grow your podcast. You probably also mean time and research. And so that, can you break down what you mean by investing in your podcast?
0: Of course. So a lot of people think that. To have a podcast, you just have these conversations and you you put it up and the people are just going to magically find your podcast on these apps. But there's a lot of other things that go into it. And I always advise that you should do 50% promotion and 50% production. A lot of people are more like 90% production and 10% promotion. But if you keep putting out this content and nobody's listening, what's the point? You know, So I always tell people, scale back, put out less episodes and focus on your promotion and build that audience before you keep throwing content at them because otherwise, what is the point if nobody's listening? Your, your content's just going stale and nobody's hearing it, right? So investing means, what are you doing for your micro content on social media?
1: So repurposing, repurposing your podcast and, and showing little bits of it. I mean, if you go to YouTube and you just Google anything, Joe Rogan has talked to somebody about it. And you, you know, you can you can get watch a little video there that's four minutes long. Is that the sort of stuff that you're talking about that we should do?
0: Exactly. So so creating clips out of your podcast that you're gonna put on social to drive people from your social to your podcast to, to try to get subscribers that way. Now, that's actually very difficult to do because most people who are gonna find your podcast are actually gonna find them in the apps. So, first of all, right now in America, only 50% of people in America listen to podcasts.
1: Well, I mean, 50% is a lot. It's 150 million people.
0: It's a lot. But when you're putting out a social media post, 50% of those people don't even want to listen to podcasts. They know about podcasts. They're not interested. And so it's, it's kind of a hard sell. And then there's the friction of getting people to actually subscribe to your podcast from social media because a lot of people don't know how to do that, right? Because there's lots of disparate podcast players. People have an iPhone, they listen on Apple Podcasts, but if they have an Android, they might listen on CastBox or they might listen on Podcast Republic or Player FM or all these other apps. Now, a lot of people are only putting out their Apple link to subscribe, but... Uh, it's only 30% of people are listening on Apple Podcasts. So if you send that link and nobody's listening on Apple Podcasts, 70% of those people aren't going to get to your podcast and subscribe. So there's certain things that you need to do, like use a chartable smart link so that it can automatically redirect to the right platform. So there's lots of nuances that you have to learn. And that's also an investment. This learning of how everything works and how you can actually get people to convert and subscribe to your podcast. Um, The other thing I'll say is, is when people are liking and commenting on your micro content, that's people raising their hand and saying, hey, I want to listen to your full episode. So how are you retargeting those people? You might need to create a process where somebody on your team is is DMing them and saying, Hey, thanks for liking my post. I'd love for you to listen to the full episode. And then they're sending them a, a smart link from Chartable that redirects them to the player of their choice so that they can actually listen to your content. There's a big gap between people going from social to podcast because it's a new industry and there's lots of disparate platforms that people listen to.
1: Okay, so does Young and Profiting do this when you actually handle somebody's podcast? Do you have people DM people who like the post? And are you posting on their Instagram and on their LinkedIn? These And do you cut down the sections of the podcast? Yes. Wow.
0: So, we, so basically the process is um, my social media copywriter will listen to the whole episode. They'll write the show notes, the timestamps. They'll pick out the clips that they want to promote, send that to the video team. We chop it up write the copy, put it up on social. Anybody who likes our comments, we retarget them to go listen to the podcast. So it's super full circle.
1: You literally, if you're listening to this episode right now, Hala just gave you a template for how to promote a podcast as a routine mechanism that you can do over and over with your team or you can hire her to do it yourself. I got to tell you, Hala doesn't pay us anything to come on here. She just has really valuable information. Okay, I got to be brutally honest though and I'm wondering if you're going to be honest with me back. What if somebody calls you and they want to do a podcast and they've got all sorts of money because they're a trust fund kid and they're a total doofus on the microphone? What do you do with that person?
0: Lots of coaching, lots of <laughs> scripting. You work with them anyway?
1: You don't say, look, you're, you're not going to make it.
0: So far, I haven't had anybody approach me that just absolutely had no talent. I mean, there's people that really need help. One of the things that we do is we, ha- we, we can have a, a producer on the line.
1: You give them You give them like suggestions?
0: Yeah, we write the questions.
1: That's what Bobby does for me. Because Bob, Bobby, I'm a doofus and he just helps me out.
0: And then there's lots of post-production that we can do. We do air checks and editing and chopping things up and making it as good as we can. And, and hopefully, you know, they continue to improve. There's another investment piece that I really want to make sure that we hit, though, because it, it's, it's a big one that a lot of people don't know about. And that's media buying for podcasts. There's paid ads on social media, and that really doesn't work for podcasts. Where you want to be is actually inside the app. So I alluded to this before. People on social media, 50% of them don't listen to podcasts. It turns out that most people are going to find you in the podcast players. And the average listener listens to seven different podcasts. So you want to be one of those seven podcasts. And the way to do that is to advertise inside the app. So if you've ever been on a podcast app outside of like Apple, Apple's the only one that really doesn't have these opportunities. There's like a banner that has like it will see like top podcasts that are like rotating on a banner or there might be featured podcasts and it might be categorized by section. Other podcast apps offer the ability for you to be integrated into the onboarding process. So when somebody signs up to the app, you're pre-checked as an as a podcast they should listen to. And this is super powerful and very little known. And it's how all the podcast networks grow their shows. It's how I grow my shows. And it's basically coordinating with these different podcast players and buying advertising within their app. So whether that's audio ads, banners, featured featured spots, or getting incorporated in the onboarding. And they can even send a push notification to all their users when you drop an episode during the promotion period, which is huge. So it's it's a way that I've grown podcasts from like 200 downloads to 20,000 downloads an episode in less than six months with some investment.
1: Hala, your advice, as always, is has infinite value. You're one of my favorite people to talk to on this podcast, and I'm always grateful that you come on. Hala, where can people find out more about you? If they want to buy your service to get you, get on LinkedIn and, and start a podcast, where do they go?
0: They can go to youngandprofiting.com if they want to find out about our Yap Media Services. They can also check out the podcast. It's an amazing show. We're number one education podcast across all apps. It's for all ages, even though it's called Young and Profiting. I interview... Seth Godin, Daniel Pink. So you guys can check out Young and Profiting on your favorite platform. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, search for my name. It's Hala Taha or Instagram at Yap with Hala.